Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. This week, we are talking about Joe's conversations with the legendary Theo Vaughn. Wow, were they all over the place. Hilarious, as always. And also, we have the director of John Wick 4, Chad Stahelski. Pretty sure that's how you say it. What a legend. What a legend he was. And I still haven't seen John Wick 4 yet, but uh, I can't wait. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Todd. How you doing, bud? I'm great, buddy. All right. You done, done some smelling salts today already? Three in a row. Love that. All right. Let's get this show started. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. All right. Theo Vaughn. What a wacky character. You got to love him. You got to love him. I don't even, my notes don't even make sense, dude. <clears throat> Obviously, the smelling salts came out again. Mm. This is kind of that thing. How many smelling salts do you think have been sold because of the episode <laughs> with Theo and Rogan? I know that's first why, doing him. <clears throat> that's why we bought him. Of course it is. Yeah. Because we're easily influenced. Yeah. Yeah. I would say millions. Millions of smelling salts. Yeah. We should have got some stock. We should have got some smelling salt should stock. Have. Is that a thing? I think it is. It works well. I love it that he made it down to the comedy mothership. Um, obviously, he loves it. Um, just had the best time. There was um, kind of a, what would you call it? A bit of a joke early on, kind of backhanded, that was razzing. Uh, if you're 35 and dating a 17-year-old, you can't be a comedian anymore. Mm. And, uh, or you just you were super creepy. Well, as a sneaky little, little blow on uh, Chris D'Elia, I think. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. I mean, I, I, it's pretty obvious in that world, but but yeah, he's, he's Chris Bennett. And, but also, he's a naughty boy. To Joe's point, if you're a, what, 16-year... Or if you're a 17-year-old male and you bone your teacher, who's, let's say, 30 or 35, there's, uh -huh. no, there's nothing wrong with that. She just gets a slap on the wrist. Yeah. It does seem worse the other way around. And gets fired. You know, she'll get fired from her she job. Get fired. But all of his buddies are high-fiving him in the hallway. That's for sure. I, she's still going to get put on, like, a sex offenders list, though. She's okay. still going to tell all the neighbors when she's she moves not, somewhere. Not going to prison, though. It doesn't seem as creepy somehow. <laughs> yeah. That's a double standard. For I sure. mean, it's just weird. Yeah. What I'd give it doing? the weird, maybe less creepy, but just, I mean, it's just weird all around. Any what, what Anyone who's 35 and wants to hang out with a 17 or 18-year-old, it's do you, just Do you think there's like the, some sort of like developmental problem? Like they're just like weirdly mature or are they like trying to relive some high school moment that they do? I don't even know. I think it's probably a bit about. of both, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, come on, teachers. All right, just teach them. Just teach them some But math. yeah, all, all over the board here. We got orca, at, orca attacks. We got monkeys throwing dogs off roofs. We're talking about Roseanne getting nailed by cars. Yeah. Uh, monkeys killing those dogs was interesting. Will you shut your laptop up, dude? With it's shut. Podcast? It's shut. God. Jeez. Apple Max. Yeah, so these couple of monkeys, I guess a dog <laughs> attacked one of them, 
and they just went on a rampage and killed like all the dogs. That's pretty savage. Yeah, don't mess with monkeys, dogs. How do you think monkeys kill dogs? Just they throw them off the roof. Oh, they just carry them up there and chuck yeah, them. They were taking little dogs and carrying them up to the roof and just chucking them off. Oh, so it was like the babies. Yeah, they just killing the baby dogs before the they grow up to kill enough, the monkeys. The small enough dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, monkeys are strong. They probably carry all sorts of stuff up on a roof. Yeah. More than bananas, that's mm. for sure. And yeah, and these orca attacks on boats. So I guess they've been paying attention to this for about three or four years, and now it's kind of getting out of control. It's like some orca out there they think may have got hit by a boat and is like now telling all the other ones, yeah, and training them, and now they're just they're going nuts. Training, training them to, to hit the rudder so that the boat tips over and sinks. Nuts. Yeah. Smart whales, man. Wow, they are smart. We always knew whales were smart. Yeah, and if they if they want to turn against us, we're gonna be in big trouble. You know? Imagine if blue whales, all the the what is it well, sperm whales? What are the ones that they're the biggest they do ones. the bubbles and then just all come up and they like eat a kayaker by accident? Which ones are those? Humpback? I thought that was an orca, which is a humpback, yeah. Okay. Which this is the yeah, same type. Yeah. Oh. The ones that look I, no, that I have thought the white orcas spots. were like killer whales. Yeah, it's the same as a humpback, isn't it? No, humpbacks are way bigger. Okay. Yeah. Either way, those ones could fuck up some boats. We gotta watch out. Pretty Stay crazy. Out of the ocean. Animals are getting smart. Yeah. Well, I think it's smart, cool. and then they starting to hate us. Good for them. I'd hate us too. No, oh, all right, dude. <laughs> I'm team human. I'm okay, team humpback big, on this one. Big, it's team humpback. Yep, team humpback. Love that. What about Joe's uh, revelation on mushrooms? Oh. That was kind of cool. I was like, I don't know why. I was like in the middle of writing a paper, and I was super bored. I didn't want to do it, so I like went for a walk, just listened to some pods. And it was out the back of our place. Todd and I live close together. There's that park over there, yep. you know, if you head out, and the pond. And I was just walking around there and he's talking to theo and he's like yeah i had this rev- revelation on mushrooms recently where it was like i could just feel this certain frequency yeah that i was in that was really good it just felt like the the best way you can feel and i i don't know if people were offering drinks or he was thinking of having one but either way there was like some message that was like hey if you have a drink right now it's going to kick you out of this frequency mm. and then you know Everything's going to change for right now. So he decided not to. He just enjoyed it. And it, it does make you think on those days when you're, I don't know, in a bit of a funk or you find yourself like in a really good place. It's like, what? what is that? I wonder if that is ever measurable, like Theo was saying. Like one day you'll have a whoop strap or a, you know, Fitbit. And it's just like, yeah, it just can like guide you into that zone. I mean, aren't you and I mostly in that zone? And then there's like a week of menstruation that I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, full moon. <laughs> it's a full moon. It's a full moon. We so haven't had tides, enough sunlight. The tides are strange. It's raining too much. Yeah. But all those other days, there is something going on where I am feeling more happy and more excited and my brain's working faster. There's, it, I don't, I never thought of it as a frequency. But it makes sense. It's like that's what the earth gives us, right? We're all just energy moving around at a certain rate. Right. But, you know, it also highlights like what, what gets you there, like what helps. Are we, are we all supposed to be on some sort of low dose 
mushroom protocol or you know what is it that adjusts those things yeah and it is strange to think that the the you know huberman talks about how only these macro doses are really kind of get you back to square one and grow right grow the um neurons the neurons in your brain Mm -hmm. but they're saying that the low doses of mushrooms which i don't particularly agree that this is true but i'm no scientist they were saying that that doesn't do much for depression and keeping you happy. I feel like when I'm on a low dose of mushrooms, I feel way better. I'm, well, s- I'm a little bit more smiley. Yeah. You know, you it, don't really feel it. It sounded like Joe was on more than a low dose that uh-huh. day, though. Yeah. Well, right? it certainly is true that you're not a scientist. Right. So, and neither am I. So, but don't you feel better when you're on a low dose of mushrooms? You can have Very a good small. Yeah. You can have a good time with the. Uh, with the um, low dose ones, I mean, it definitely take. You know, it's like the difference between a couple of beers and ten beers. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. you can have a good time on both. I think what Huberman was saying about the high dose or heroic dose, which is like I don't know, above four grams or four and a half or something, three and a half. I think. That that's like a big blast yeah. to to like reset you and, yeah. and can really help with depression. Right. Assuming you're not on some sort of SSRI or antidepressant, something like that. Yeah, you're not supposed to take uh, psilocybin if you're on an antidepressant. Yeah. Well, so what was um, Theo saying? He is on, he's on Zoloft, right? No, he's on, um, he is on, uh, oh gosh, what's the other one? Lexapro. Lexapro, thank you. Okay. Okay. And, and I don't, I don't, he didn't wait, say is that what long. you're taking? Yep, that's what I take. You take that too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Been yeah, it kind of keeps him feeling somewhat what was he saying, like normal? I guess he's saying that when he's not on it, there's just certain days that it's like too much work to like get uh, himself straight. Yeah, he 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 mentioned that. For me, it, it keeps me more even keel, right? There's the, the down days are less down. This podcast is brought to you by Ghostbed. Are you tired of waking up feeling like you got hit by a freight train? Well, Let me introduce you to Ghostbed, the mattress that's about to up your sleep game. Ghostbed is a family-owned business bringing you top-of-the-line mattresses with patented cooling features so you can hit that pillow and instantly experience better sleep, cooler temperatures, and unmatched comfort. Now, you know me. I'm all about finding the best stuff out there. Ghostbed doesn't disappoint. These mattresses are engineered to give you the most restful night's sleep you've ever had. But what really sets Ghostbed apart from their dedication to customer satisfaction, they are offering free shipping and returns, so you don't have to deal with the hassle of lugging a mattress around. And... And they are throwing in a 101-night mattress sleep trial. So... You've got over three months to test out your ghost bed and make sure it's a perfect fit for you. Most orders ship in 24 hours, so you can start catching those Zs on a whole new level this week. Head to ghostbed.com for a limited time. Use code J-R-E-R for 40% off your purchase. That's code J-R-E-R for 40% off your entire purchase site-wide. All right. Theo yeah. wears earplugs, mm-hmm. he said, in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was fascinating to me. You know, there's like a lot going on with Theo always, right? He doesn't really speak like normal people. No. You know, it's why his comedy is so unusual. 
Because um, he's all over the place? Well, I, I think it's just different. Like, there's a thing, I think it's called, like, synesthesia, which is something that is similar to what can happen when you take acid, right? You can, like, smell a color, mm. right? Or see a sound. They kind of describe it like that. And they say some people have this in regular life, you know? They, like, and it helps them, it kind of changes language. Like, there was a a thought that Shakespeare had that. That's why his metaphors are so good mm. because he saw it in a different way. And, you know, I've always felt like Theo has something like that. That's why he can just say some of the wackiest things. I mean, honestly, some of the best shit he's ever said is on his podcast and it's like that. He just thinks of it, says it. It's like this wacky idea, cracks everyone up. Maybe he needs that time to like kind of slow himself down and like make sense of of where his thoughts are and wh what he's thinking. Did he explain why he did that? It was just because he he wanted it to be, he just wanted to have zero distractions, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. It, it might just be that. It might just be that, and maybe it's just good for everybody to do something like that. But, um, uh, Well, it was great to see the standing ovation. We saw that. We watched. Oh, yeah. We watched Theo. When he went into the mothership? Onto the mothership Well, it was stage. a surprise. They didn't know he was going to be there. Had no idea he was going to be there. Yeah. I mean, that's got to feel great. Just the two of them talking about how crazy it is. And this happens a lot when the comics come on, obviously. They always go back to how Joe can't believe it's real and how amazing it is. But mm -hmm. it's just... I just love seeing his buddies on... Um, just kind of see the camaraderie that's happening between him and all of his comic friends and how they're all getting such a boost from not only the show, but the mothership and also going and doing their own things. I mean, and they can just sit and rant for two hours about, I mean, absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, they were all over the board, dude. How many of your notes are just like the most random shit? I have a lot of question marks <laughs> next to things that they said for sure, but it was very entertaining. Like it always is. I loved hearing their story of Joey Diaz going up there and Joe talking about how really uh, in the old comedy store, when when Joey Diaz went on stage, it was like the comic that the other comics needed to see. And I've probably seen Joey perform at the comedy store. You know, he, he was there quite a lot, like maybe 10 times. And for sure, I've never laughed harder in like a short period of a stand-up than I have mm. watching him perform. He can just take, it's like a tidal wave of energy. Mm. And some of the stuff that he's saying, it's like nobody can get away with that. Nice. So it's so great to hear that he's gone back down there. Um, I guess he only did one show, huh? They said that he was set up for two, decided to just do one. He was like, nah. Well, he's got a New York Times bestseller now. He doesn't need it. Hey, good point. Shout out to Joey. Hey well done. Dude. Hey, oh. I had a good feeling that that book was going to go to number one. I still got to buy it, too. It's cool. I mean, to, I, I mean to. But good for him. That must feel good, right? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Dude. What What did you think of the um, the duck dicks? I'd never seen anything like that. I didn't know ducks had dicks <laughs> that yeah, were like longer than long, their body. stringy, curly. <laughs> it's like a weird. corkscrew. What, are you, what is going on there? Why? I, I had no clue. Yeah, what? No Do idea. other birds have? I don't know, man. Like that, that was that uh, was something I learned. And and yeah, Joe's saying uh, it's a bit rapey to watch mm. him. A bit rapey. And just uh, this I didn't know there was so much excitement going on in the duck pond. No, lots going on there. Mm -hmm. 
You really, I mean, I don't even understand how it fits. How does it fit in? I don't know. They got like a decoy vagina too, Joe said. And a hundred. He seems to know a lot about duck anatomy. (laughs) Definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, so Theo for a good 10 minutes couldn't get just big dicks out of his head. Yeah. Um, And then they were showing photos of the 132 pound scrotum. Ooh. I'd never seen anything like that either. That that seems exhausting. There's a lot of random YouTube footage on this episode. Mm-hmm. Didn't they also show like the biggest dick in the world guy? Yeah, 13 inches. They talked about him. Didn't Man. get to see the photo. I wonder if it, that that guy passes out when he gets an erection. Mm. It's, it's like he gets blood. turned on and just pat like falls over in the mall. But, like he, just he can't. Faints. Yeah, all the blood goes out of his head into his other head. Just <laughs> every time. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, they they got into the vaccine thing again, the okay. Saker family stuff, mm. right, about how they didn't go to jail. The, these are the guys that, you know, turned us all on to that, you know, the most hated drug in America and it kills everybody, which yeah. is, uh, oh, gosh, I'm going to forget the name now. It's the opioid. Um, anyway. Yeah, what the hell is that Son called? of a gun. White Codeine. Days. Well, it's oxycodone. Thank you. Oxycodone, yeah. yeah. These guys, they just get fined. And and I don't know how we're going to change the system here. Other than jo- people like Joe talking about it, how do you change the system? Because it just seems so rigged. Well, it seems like a good profit margin in a sense, right? Let's say that you host a big party and it's expensive. You got a band, you got caterers, you got all these things, and you make... Um, a hundred thousand dollars. Well, let's just put it into their terms. They made twelve billion, and they had to give five back. But that's what I mean. You yeah. still made seven, right. right? So, so even if you look at a party that where you make a hundred thousand, yeah, but you got to pay sixty thousand to everybody involved. You still made forty, right? Like, and you, still and there's a great no party. Yeah, there's no fines. I right. mean, there's no like criminal time. You know, there's some bad press, but how often does uh, bad press really hit us in the media. I mean, these companies are sponsoring all the news and right. and TV stuff anyway. And newspapers I here mean, in New Zealand, not, they're not allowed to sponsor anything anywhere else. No television, right? No, none of these companies like Pfizer can sponsor anything other than in the United States and New Zealand. Yeah. So that to me is the number one thing we got to stop. That seems like a problem. But it's a problem. Yeah, it's not exactly de-incentivizing them to to make products differently. Of They're course just not. constantly getting away with literal murder. Yeah. And so is that money going to the families? We don't even know where that money's going. Uh, how did Joe describe it? It was like um uh something of responsibility. I forgot the word, but like um like a separation of responsibility. Well, yeah. I mean, well, they're they're not because they're not right there at all. They're just they, on yachts and big houses, and they're like, "Well, we're doing our best," and some people get hurt. No, so he <clears throat> he equated it to if you're in a large crowd and somebody's getting their ass kicked, right? If somebody's getting beat up in a large crowd, or if you're working for a large company and they're doing bad things, there's so many people doing it that you just you kind of go with it. That's right? it. Oh, diffusion. Yeah, of it's a diffusion That's of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So. If you were the only one doing it, if you were just one man or one woman and you created this company and you're the sole proprietor to this company doing all these bad things, yeah, you're going to feel way worse. Yeah. But if you're working for this brand 
I mean, of course you're going to feel bad, but I think that, I think there's a lot to that. It's like, well, if everybody's doing it, no big deal. It's like you're in a crowd and no one's helping someone who's getting their ass kicked. Okay. Well, if they're not helping, I'm not going to help. But if you were there, let, you're getting beat up. Obviously mm-hmm. I'm going to help cause you're my friend. Yeah. But even if you were just in a crowd, with a chair. if you weren't in a crowd of people, I did that to Adam last week. Uh, if it was just someone you didn't know and there was three of you and there's two guys beating up one person and the three of you are obviously going to do something about it. You're not just going to walk away. Right. Like three other people, strangers. Yeah. You're going to try to break it up. But if there's another 50 people there, you might be yeah. like, well, I'll just kind of watch how this turns uh, out. Someone else will deal with it. Record it. Put it on the gram. Right. You just kind of push it off to somebody else. This podcast is brought to you by Paint Your Life. We do a lot of ski and snowboarding photography here in our studio space because we live in Bozeman, Montana. There's a lot of skiing up here. And Paint Your Life did a fantastic job turning one of our photos into an amazing painted portrait. Paint Your Life transforms your photos into a -a one-of-a-kind, beautiful, hand-painted portrait by professional artists. Get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. An unforgettable gift for anybody. Upload photos to create anything you imagine. Put yourself in a location you've always wanted to go to. Or add a lost loved one to a special occasion to create the portrait of your dreams. You can give the most meaningful gift you have ever given at paintyourlife.com. There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word J-R-E-R to 87204. That's J-R-E-R to 87204. Text J-R-E-R to 87204. 204 paint your life celebrate the moments that matter the most message and data rates may apply see terms and details text jrer to 87204 to get 20% off well theo was really getting worked up and in fact that might have been the most mad i've ever heard him be when he's talking about these companies mm-hmm. you know I mean, maybe maybe he's had some family that have been affected by this. I know that. You know, where was he? With the he's from Louisiana. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you know, I mean, maybe in that area, he saw some some people really struggle with this stuff. Um, I know. I know Joe has talked about having friends whose lives have gone off the rails for it. You know, I mean, like Joe said, he had, what did he have? Like some sort of uh, nose surgery, right? Yeah, he had deviated septum. <clears throat> and then his doctor is like, oh, hey, yeah, take this. Take this and, you know, all these two different medications and, and you know, that'll help. And yeah. he's like, how much does this hurt? It, like, is it going to get worse? Is it going to be the same? Like, he just didn't need it. Yeah. And it's so easy to see how people can get hooked on this stuff. I mean, if a doctor gives you something and it's from the doctor and it feels great, like better than just the pain of whatever your nose is or your knee surgery or whatever, I mean, yeah, you might want to just keep doing it. It is a lot harder. It is a lot harder to get now from what I've heard. From friends that have knee surgeries and, you know, they're giving you, you, um, you know, different... uh, pain relievers instead of 
opioids nowadays because it is it's become such an epidemic. It's probably a good move. Yeah, it is a good move, and I I think that you know there was a guy on I can't think of his name the drug the guy who was um, selling drugs for uh, Viagra. Remember mm-hmm. that guy who was on he was mm-hmm. on Rogan, and he talked about how these doctors and the reps for the doctors would get steak dinners. Yeah, yeah, golf clubs, right? Trips They'd, to Hawaii. They would have to spend you know five thousand dollars a week or whatever it was to you know, the doc to pay off the doctors and the doctors would then help them out. And anyway, it was, it's all just a money thing. And it's like, he started to feel bad because everyone's kind of going with it. And as soon as he decided, ah, this doesn't really feel right. If he said anything, all of his buddies that he's working with are like, fuck you, dude. Like you just cut into our $5,000 a week credit yeah. that we have to spend and we're having a great time. We don't give a crap about these patients. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it all comes down to the money that is being created from it. Yeah. Dangerous. Right. Yeah. Nasty. And how do you stop that? I don't know. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. And it's with politicians and it's with drug companies. And now they're all in cahoots. And Joe talks about it all the time. These executives of drug companies are then now getting pushed into, you know, being CEOs and politicians or politicians are, you know, taking money from drug companies and then all of a sudden their political career is done and they end up being the CEO of Pfizer or whatever other company. Right. It's, I know. It's That's insane. what's so nasty about it, though. It's like, how is that How is that uh, real? And yeah, well, nobody talks know, about it. Theo has a lot of experience with um, addiction stuff and counseling and the therapy that comes with the AA and... Um, uh, the other ones. Yeah, like well, he said he does the AA, and, AA prayer every morning. Right, the serenity prayer. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, one thing he talks about with alcohol is he was like, uh, it's it's like the only disease that tells you you're not sick, mm. you know? Mm. And then he kind of said that Rogan, in a way, has redesigned being an addict. He has, like, a good balance for it. Mm. So there's a balance. Though with some people, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like moderation is just like these drugs, even alcohol has such claws in some people yeah. that they, they, there's no balance for them that they can maintain. You know, it probably is just availability, but maybe not even that, like the strength of it. Imagine if you have like this massive desire all the time to get drunk. I mean, you can just go into really any liquor store and buy like the cheapest little thing of vodka yeah. and it gets you there immediately. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like you and I prefer mostly drinking beers, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. It takes kind of a lot of beers often right. to get pretty smashed. And you're just not putting the time in, right? Yeah, well, you, and I just hate being hungover, too. Well, that, yeah. You that, know. too. But the, I mean, anytime people, I send it, I just hate myself the next day. Yeah, I hate you, But too, yeah, some people, but some people, you just can't stop. Uh-uh. Yeah. And it's right there. Um... And and I think that's why it's good to have people like Theo that speak so clearly on it. You know, Russell Brand is another example that's like really open and honest about their experience with it and how they stick to it. And fair play to them. You know, sometimes I used to think that people that had to quit were like missing out, you know, or they just couldn't find a balance and that there was a better way. But it's hard to say now. I'm not convinced. I'm like, yeah. If you've identified that it's too much, you gotta you gotta stop. Get away. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see Theo getting way too drunk real quick just from the from the 
uh, outtakes of him doing the freaking smelling salts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, give me another, give me another, give he, me another. He's only allowed a few drugs these days. Uh, Though, saying that, I think that it would have been really very fun to have partied with Theo back in the day. I bet he was an animal. But absolutely. Good for him for staying clean. What did you think about him having RFK on, um, Kennedy, and mm-hmm. that pod? So so Rogan has him on this week. I haven't heard that one yet, but we're Excited reviewing next that. week. Yeah, it sounds good. And... I guess it broke one of the violated some rules. Like, of course, through YouTube, but it was the WHO, the COVID violation rule, and yeah, they demonetized it, and it happened like way, way later. Do you think Theo is like, you know, he's he's not really out there making like political stances on things, so this might have been a bit of a shock to him. I don't think he's had many really controversial, right, potentially controversial podcasts. I haven't heard his. One with um, RFK, but, you know, how bad could it have been? But just the fact that all those months later, YouTube just says, no, you know, it's are they, are they doing themselves a disservice? It It's just surprising. I mean, clearly YouTube is getting paid off by, you know, I, I don't know who their sponsors are, but it just saves them from getting some sort of lawsuit in the future, I guess. I don't, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously he's talking about, you know, Joe brought up, like, the percentage of people that were affected by polio, how many were asymptomatic, yet everyone was getting that vaccine. And I don't I don't think it hurts to be educated on, on anything. I think for the longest time we just assumed that, you know, all vaccines were 100% good and had to be taken, and now people are asking different questions. Right. And I, I, I don't see how... Just wanting to know is so bad. I really don't. The last thing I wanted to hit on, because we're kind of running well, over well, hold on. on the, polio, the polio thing, though, you got to bring up the DDT part. Because what he was mentioning is that DDT could have been a cause of a lot of the symptoms that people were having. They have similar symptoms to, to yeah, polio. something like that, right? And they were spraying that stuff all over the place, all over crops, all over. Yeah. It's a pesticide. It's the, to get rid of the mosquitoes, right? Uh, whatever was screwing up the crops at the time that they were doing. I don't, I don't think it was crops. DDT was for, uh, I think it was for mosquitoes because of like <laughs> malaria. Mosquito. <laughs> okay. You know, I've, I've, I've traveled. Okay. I, I thought it was, was, I thought it was for, for crops. Well, you're not a scientist. Maybe it is. Maybe. Maybe it is. But that shit was getting everywhere. They found that in like, um, freaking penguins in the North Pole, man. It's like in everything. The last bit on... Theo, which is something I wanted to talk to you about. That guy stuck upside down in that snowboard video. You see that? Oh, yeah. Does dude. that freak you out? I saw that when it now, came Todd's out. Now, Todd's a big snowboarder. He runs a snowboard magazine up here in Bozeman called Bomb Snow Magazine. It's dope. Check it out. Um, Check it out. Yeah, you know, you, you've been around this forever. Like, Yeah. How does that hit you? Like, I see it, and I'm like, fuck that. That's yeah. why I... Don't get very adventurous, hmm. but um, I mean, I was I was so blown away that he came across that snowboard that was upside down. If you watch the video, the guy's skiing, and he's from a completely separate party. He's skiing by himself, I think, but he has his GoPro on, and it's on his chest, and he's skiing through the woods, and all of a sudden, he like skis over somebody's snowboard and the snowboard is completely upside down in the snow. The guy's stuck in a tree. Well, um, he realizes after like two more turns, like, holy shit, I just like 
skimmed over somebody's snowboard that was upside down. Yeah. So he takes off his skis, he hikes back up the mountain, and you see all of this on video, and he starts carving out. I mean, he's like using his hands. He's digging out the snow as fast as he can, and you can hear him breathing. He, he's freaking out. Yeah. I mean, this guy was, he was a good five feet deep in this tree well. I mean, this is at, I think it was at Mount Baker or somewhere in Washington. A lot, was lot of snow. Did it say how long he was upside down for? I don't think. I'm, I'm not sure if they would know. God. You know what well, I mean? they could ask him afterwards. It would, I mean, maybe he didn't know. He could have been, I would say he was under there, you know, it could have been anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes. Who knows? Jesus. But either way, he would have died if that guy wasn't skiing. Right. And skied right over top of him. Yeah. And then you could see, I mean, the whole thing is on film. He digs out his, his air, you know, he digs out a hole right for, you know, for his uh, airway. Um, now, now, let me ask you this, because you guys go up on the the ridge or whatever on uh, Bridger. Yeah. Then, and you have the avalanche beacon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you have to, like, push the button on it? Uh, you just keep it turned on. And then, so if, if oh, someone people can were... find you? Yeah, so there's there's a there's a frequency right that you that will beep if you're close to another. They call them beacons or transceivers. If you're if you're close to another transceiver, you put it on transceive mode and you can hear it beep the closer you get. So you kind of walk in a grid pattern until you hear another beep, and then it'll show you how close you are. It'll give you like the amount of meters away or okay. feet away. So it doesn't like send a message to like ski patrol or no. a helicopter or something. No. Okay. No, that's a spot. Uh, that's like if you're way out in the back country, if you're not around a, a resort, you're going to oh, want to use gotcha. one of those spot things to, to call in like the oh, search so and rescue. Oh, so even if he had had one of those things, that might not have helped him because nobody no. knew he was there. Right? Well, even if they did, he he's upside down in the snow. I mean, by the time you get to him, he's going to be dead. He's going to suffocate. Oh, my God. Um, but okay. that's, you know, the tree wells are really a scary thing because you get closer, the closer you get to a tree, they call it a tree well because the, all the snow kind of goes into that one spot right and it's kind of fluffy underneath the tree and so when you hit it you sink oh right it's not really packed down because no one's like going over it because yeah, it's yeah. right at the edge of the tree so he just fell into a he hole just fell backwards upside down into one yeah oh jesus so we don't have as much of that problem here in montana um we don't get as much snow as they do in the in the west mm. you know west of here in the northwest mm-hmm. uh anyway it it yeah that was an incredible video i mean thank god he was somebody was looking out for that dude. thank god he was that all right well fuck all that don't do it stay away from trees they're bad (laughs) when you're skiing (laughs) just be real careful stick to the bunny slopes like me no just kidding do what you need to all right let's jump over to chad john wick director john wick four what a legend stahelski to think that they could do four um four part i mean uh movies Four movies, yeah. dude, with really like the most insane um, violence ever. Keanu Reeves, absolute legend. And this guy had never even directed a movie before. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder yeah. how you like get into that position. So did did Stahelski direct all four of these or just this last one? No. Because the writer changed. Yeah, but the writer's not the director. Right. Yeah. But the, but that was interesting to me. Like the the writer of the John Wick stories is Derek Kolstad, but then the the new the fourth version, which is the one that came out, that mm-hmm. just came out, right? Mm-hmm. That was written by another person, Shay Shay Batten. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder what happened there. Maybe they bought the rights. Somebody else bought the rights, and might be. 
Either yeah. way, so Stahelski, he he had he had directed other movies, but this is kind of his breakthrough. These John Wick movies are his breakthrough movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what did they say? He killed more people than he spoke words in this one. Crazy, that's wild. Um, well, the I think the big takeaway from this episode, which was so cool, is we all know uh, Rogan ever since the first. Um, uh, what is that? Sober October, where they had the MyZone straps and they were competing against each other to burn as much energy and get as much points as you can. Rogan, and it's well known, did like an insane day on the elliptical where he just watched the bath scene over and over <laughs> again um, and, you know, just crushed it, made like a ridiculous amount of points. I used to have one of those MyZones and I tried like a really intense day once. I wasn't even close mm. to what he did. Yeah, Rogan is a savage. It just tells you how many calories you burned, right? Exactly. Yeah. Or it's like output of energy based on your heart rate. Okay. So yeah, he just went fucking berserk and crushed it. Uh, so he's been a big fan. By the third John Wick movie, they didn't have a muscle car in there, which is something Rogan has talked about a lot. I think they had motorcycles mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, yeah, there wasn't like a dedicated muscle car. Now there is. And then Chad... Met him at Terran Tactical, met Rogan. I think that's where they met. And later, when he got to Europe, text Rogan and was like, shit, what car do we need in this movie? What do he say? A 71 Barracuda, mm -hmm. I think. He even had a picture to send him immediately. They got the exact car Still. for that movie. That's some influence, Rogan. It's pretty cool. And that's good influence, too. You know? It's not like he's fucking the movie up. He's definitely making it cooler. No, that car's sweet. Yeah. Hell yeah. What'd you what'd you think about the all the blood scenes being CGI? I didn't realize that. Um you know cool. it it kind of makes sense. Because there's so many blood scenes. Yeah, I think back to the last couple and I remember when they were talking about it. I think back to two and three. I don't remember one as well. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but but yeah, I mean blood is like obviously flying out everywhere. And I can't remember if it didn't look good, but I did notice there was like a lot of it, mm. you know, just kind of hitting everybody. And after we talked about the ward wardrobe changes oh, yeah. and how much time that would take, I'm like, it makes sense. It's yeah. better you guys do it that way for sure. I got to give it up to Tarantino though for never using that. Yeah, he's old school. Always using the blood blood packs. Yeah, he's old school. Did you mm -hmm. think he did that for uh, for Kill Bill? Uh, Kill Bill. Dude, yeah. That movie is like the most insanely gory movie of all time. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's brilliant. Such a good flick. The samurai scene. Such a good flick. Out of control. And then the dogs being trained to attack the color green. Uh -huh. That was cool. You do like the green screen, so then you can do a CGI with the... Right? That would be the point of that, I think right? that's the point, yeah. So whatever's green, you can then put in some gory, fake, you uh -huh. know, limbs and arms getting cut off and bit into... Yeah. What do you do Pretty with a crazy. dog that's been trained to attack people's nuts after a movie's finished? It seems like that's way mm. too much of a liability to have around. What was that? What was that movie? Uh, your sick balls? What was that movie? Was it the movie with the with the the guy, the fat guy who had to eat the pies? It's like the old Stand by Me. Wasn't that in Stand by Me? Wait. Remember what? this? The flick Stand by Me. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. With River Phoenix. Of course. One of the greatest movies of all time. So good. But I swear there was a dog in there. It just reminded me of it. It's like, 
Cujo, sick balls. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know. know. What do you do with a dog like yeah. that? You just leave him on set. Well, it, it sounds like Halle Berry was, was like a big part of the training for it. She also sounds like a badass. Of course. Like a serious badass. So super hot. She called him. Used to be, I think, like a, she was originally like a Miss America. She won it. She won Miss Makes America. Sense. So super hot, starts acting. And now at what? Is she in her 50s? She's got to be. Yeah. And just kicking ass. Very impressive. Um, um, I'm very impressed by that. How old is Keanu now? He's in his 50s. He is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Joe's age. Doing his jits. Pretty sure that's the first time I saw like decent looking jits in a movie. And also, what was he saying about that? It was like easier to film kind of like a jujitsu scene than a fight scene because you have mm. to keep changing the angles. That's interesting to think of. Like, I, I'd never really considered that before. It makes you think, why wouldn't they have done more fight scenes like that in the past then? Because as, there's not as much action with jujitsu. Well, that's true, but you can do some cool stuff. You know? Like flip over and roll into an armbar and snap it. Yeah, I get it. But people want to see people flying through the air kung fu. You want to see kung fu. We do. You want to see everybody kung fu fighting? Yeah. Yeah, that, absolutely. You want to see you want to see Bruce. Yeah. You want to see Bruce Lee style. Uh-huh. Fucking jumping on stuff, doing backflips. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, spin kicks, roundhouse. Yep. All that good stuff. Chuck Kar Norris. Karate Kid. Chuck Norris stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. Matrix I style. Like you know, freeze frames. They do freeze frames in this film? Uh -huh. Matrix style. No. They kind of never brought that back. That was like a one and done. For, or well, like a one year and done. I think other movies tried it, but then it was just so clearly a ripoff of right. The Matrix that right. they didn't even, they they just, it didn't work, you yeah. know? Yeah. It was like, what are you doing? It's like a soccer game and the Bulls, you know, camera's spinning <laughs> around a kick. You're like, okay, pretty cool, I guess. What about Joe building that door um, at his uh, bar? The comedy mm. mothership that's mm. the same as the Assassin's Bar in the Continental. That sounds dope. I mean, at the end of yeah, the day, when I hear that, I heard of that, yeah, when I when I first heard that, I just thought, well, of course, if you have like unlimited cash and you know, you can just do whatever you want, that's the kind of thing you should do. You should do cool shit like that, I think. Nothing wrong with it. I want to see that door now. I'm sure it's badass. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? The, the One of the bigger takeaways, and this is totally off subject from the movie. They did talk a lot about the movie, but then they got into kids and, you know, some politics and stuff. But this, I think it was based off the digitally enhancing everything and yeah. how things are going to change so much. And oh, AI yeah. is going to change AI. so much. And you're having these transcendental ex experiences and AI is going to take over like video games, which I had never thought about really. I mean, you look at those goggles and you're thinking, okay, that's fun, whatever, but it's going to be to the point where you're not going to know what is a video game and what's not. It's yeah. going to be so realistic. And then, uh, so Joe was talking about his kid and this is kind of on that same line of like, what are kids going to do? They're never going to leave the house. You're, right. you're never going to get your kid to be able to leave the fucking house and play soccer anymore or read a book. Probably not. Because there's just going to be other stuff that's so much more stimulating. Mm -hmm. But his, he was talking about how his kid, his little girl, is a, like a little prisoner, right? The mom is saying it could, you know, the, his kid can only watch 
X amount of YouTube. phone or YouTube a day. Yeah. And she was figuring out how to rewind that app and then take a screenshot of the time she was already on YouTube. Well, she was doing screen right. recording. S- screen recording, then showing it to her mom. Cheeky. Right? I love that. I loved it too. Yeah. But you Joe know was proud every of it. kid's going to do Joe that. was proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so smart. Oh, but it's, ah, it freaks me out, man. Cause I got a three-year-old and it's just like, well, they're going to figure it out too. They're all going to figure it out. What do you think about the right to strike stuff? I mean, you, you know, you produce a magazine, mm. you know, and I know when I first talked to you about the t- types of things chat GPT could do, you were not a big fan of it. No, I was You felt out. like it was taken away from the human experience. And, and I get where they're at. You know, I don't want a bunch of people and we're in the entire industry to lose their job. You know, and does this ultimately mess with creativity? Because like, uh, what's his name? Michio Mukaku. Michio Kaku, yeah. He was basically saying that all this program is doing is plagiarizing other things. So right. it's just mixing up ideas that already exist. So how does that change the quality of new ideas? I mean, that's problematic. Right. <laughs> but then also, it's hard to, you think of all the budget constraints on a show and now they could come along and say hey chat gpt write me an entire comedy you know like friends and it just makes it that's a little difficult to stop are they gonna have to prove that they didn't use ai somehow i think there's just gonna be a lot of lawsuits and it's (laughs) gonna be hard to tell what's real and what's not i mean we're already seeing it we're already seeing it happen and we're not going to be able to stop it. So whether you like it or not, it's happening. It's already happening. I mean, that's kind of where the point that I got to is just realizing that this is not going anywhere. So we might no. as well start using it to our advantage. Yeah, and help it integrate into these people's jobs instead of having to get rid of them. I mean, one thing I saw, I was at the gym um, watching the TV, like in between sets, and it showed, while listening to this part at the same time, it showed that Paul McCartney is releasing a new Beatles song or album, I can't mm. remember which one, that has John Lennon in, See? and it's like AI is added yeah, to it. That's awesome. And there's probably a few things going on there. One, I think that uh, pretty sure the Beatles sold a lot of their back catalog mm-hmm. for a lot of money. I think it may have even been to like Michael Jackson's estate. So if there's new versions of their songs that are AI created, but Paul's doing it, does he then get all the rights to it? Mm. And therefore, is that all that bad? Like, like maybe said, they could come out with a really cool new Beatles album. A lot of lawsuits, man. That could be wild. Dude. I want it. I want some new Nirvana albums that Courtney yeah. Love cannot make money off of. Oh, you're not a big fan of her? Absolutely not. Oh, I think she had something to do with his death. Whoops. Now we're gonna get sued. <laughs> I don't agree. All right, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Love but you, yeah, Carly. new albums like that would be amazing. New Doors albums, new Jimi yeah. Hendrix. Like, why the fuck not? Let's take actors. Let's take Arnold in his prime. I don't know if you've seen the new Netflix documentary with Arnold. It's brilliant. But yeah, to go back and do like, you know, Predator, you know, another prequel, but it's like him and it's exactly how he was when he was at his most like massively well, buff and it's awesome. It's going to happen. It, I, that's to me kind of cool. It's gonna happen, I think. and also, yeah, maybe maybe it messes it up for new actors and new, mm-hmm. um, you know, super muscly dudes that are trying to get in there. Like, but hey, man, sorry, I'm still waiting on a new Tupac album, and it's gonna be ridiculous. Love that, yeah, love okay. it. They All have right, his guys. voice. Let's do it. 
Go out, check out John Wick 4. Of course, it sounds dope. I need to watch it. i watch it this weekend. There you go. Um, and anyway, we love you. We'll talk to you next week. Later. Peace out.